You call yourself a maker? You smell like failing corn chips. Drop and give me 45 minutes. This is not your grandparents' tinker toys. This is a creator's collective, private. Listen up and don't give me that face. Herberholtz, Wright, and Walker are about to demonstrate the proper way to create. And if you have questions, you had better be in the live chat. Otherwise, I'm going to plant my boot so far up your hiney that your mother is going to be crying. Now, listen up, you jelly-pasted cow pies. And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. This week is going to be, well, it's going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. We had a week off last week due to my travel. Sorry for that. Um, due to the ice, the snow, the, the not the ice, not the snow, the cold. We had that one too. <laughs> due to that, I had my flight changed. And so I was flying at the time we would be recording. But uh, this week, we are just having the three of us and going to have a good time here. So, um, yeah, uh, if you want to join us live, you can join us in the uh, YouTube. Wow, my brain is off today. <laughs> you can join us on the YouTube channel, channel Creators Collective, and we record uh, generally Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Nope, Thursday. The live chat. Uh, Thursday, sorry, I'm getting it mixed up in my other live. <laughs> Why don't you do the hand? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. And if you'd like to help us out, you can join us over there, patreon.com backslash creators collective. Anything I need to say before we jump in? Uh, nope. I think that's about Let's it. Do it. So uh, Zach, what you got going on? Um, insane amounts of stress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's yeah, new? We are just kind of talking. We were just starting to get into it before the podcast. But oh, it's just everything is just like, I mean, it's it's not bad but it's just so much and it's all like on the subconscious level um you know i'm staying focused i'm doing my stuff but like in the background i'm just totally losing my mind because so i have um i'm going to sacramento tomorrow morning to do some forging with john williams for three days then i come back have to finish the edit and stuff on um the workbench con talk that paul and i are giving finalize that up and finish uh Another collab that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to make another part for Paul Jackman uh, for another build. And um, God, I have a bunch of, I have orders piling up. Um, let's see what else. Oh, moving. Yeah. So just scouring every day and like having, I, I, I never knew how stressful uh, like house buying was. Uh, and, and this is our You're first doing one, it wrong, so. man. No, it is. It is. I mean, it, it's, it is stressful. Like it's like putting in offers on houses and then having, having them fall through or inspection and appraisals and comps and just this whole world of stuff that I don't know anything about, but it's funny. Like, I mean, Tracy and I, the, the best comparison is it's like being broken up with when a house doesn't work out. Like, cause you, you still, you imagine like you can't help, but when you see a place that you like and you're like, okay, okay, I can do that. I can picture my shop in there and we can, we can do the flooring in here. And you start looking up as like, how, how much is it going to cost to do concrete in here and like all this stuff. And then like it falls through and it's like, it feels like being broken up with. It's like, it's been so long since I've been broken up with. It's, uh, so yeah. Uh, so that, and then I think there's like four or five trips coming up. So yeah, Sacramento, uh, Workbench Con, Spring Make, uh, Makers Central. And then my wife is flying, Tracy's flying out to Portland, Oregon for some job interviews, both there and Eugene. So uh, I mean, she's super employable. So we're guessing that we're probably going to get like, she's probably going to get like two or three job offers. We're going to take all of them to the bank, see what we can get approved for on loan. And then 
hopefully find a house within the time frame where she can start working. Like it's, it's tricky because when you're moving across country, all these things are codependent yep. and uh, you know, we don't have, we don't have $70,000 in savings for a 20% down payment. So to get approved for a mortgage and stuff, you need to have an offer letter and you know, it's hard to get, it's hard to get a job when you live, you know, across the country and it's hard to get uh, a house when you don't have a job. So it's yeah. kind of a yeah, the two times we've done that. We ended up having to <clears throat> one or the other has to go out early and uh, find some place to live for a month or so on until we can then move the rest out. Yeah, we may have to do that. I don't know. It's just uh, that on it's... top of, you know, trying to run a business and plan all this travel at the same time. It's just, it's just <laughs> like, I'm just in a constant state, no matter how focused and like, you know, how much JJKL or whatever I play on the radio, I'm still deep down. I'm just boiling like, with stress. <laughs> so uh you start turning stuff at the end of the day you know do it's what like, oh, I, you should start turning stuff <laughs> yeah you know i did so so there was the the world's most depressing woodworking show uh we claim that title here in tampa the you know the woodworking shows i don't know if you guys um, did. i think i posted a quick thing on my story of it when i was there it's like it's i'm not i'm not trying to be a jerk um, but like, it feels like, it feels like a, a assisted living facility, the woodworking <laughs> show. Like it is, it is the, it is, it is a, like objectively the most depressing thing you'll ever see. I mean, it, it it's, it's so bad. It, it, it's, uh, you know, everybody's like probably within months of taking their last breath and like nobody can walk. They're all on like mobility scooters or walkers and <laughs> it's just it's just a bad it's very sad it's very depressing place so but anyway uh, the high note the reason i started off on this tangent was i i picked up a whole bunch of uh turning blanks because i thought oh. you know what this does sound nice <laughs> so um i haven't gotten around to doing it yet but uh turning yeah. the great stress reliever i i hope so but it's also <laughs> a great mess maker so I my have... lathe is in the furthest corner from my shop so I literally have a 35-gallon trash can full of uh, turnings mess next to me right now. Like, just... Did you say... Yeah, okay. Turning shavings? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah, it's just... Now I'm messy. I want to... <laughs> I really want to forge a turning tool. I, I ordered a uh, swage block, so I should be able to, like, hammer in the bevel for, like, a bowl gouge or, like, that, that radius. Uh, so but... bowl gouges need to be um, sheened, so they're, like, a full tang. Um but like a spindle gouge, well, no, I'm sorry. A spindle gouge can be forged. Why couldn't um, a I bowl gouge? Because it's dangerous, uh, unless you kept it like a like a thick rod that you in, like that you mortise no, into could, the handle. I mean, I can do. I don't want to sound overconfident, but I can do whatever. I can keep it as thick as I want. Well, yeah. Um, so my question like is, the, is, could I use like would 1075 like carbon steel work for something like that? I'm sure like there's some S7 to Super Titan CRV 372 or whatever that everybody uses. <laughs> but I'm sure like I would think that just a good like carbon steel would would be adequate. Probably need a little bit more sharpen sharpening a little bit more frequently. Yeah, I mean the old turning tools are all carbon steel. The newer yeah. ones are are high speed steel. But what did they use? Like ten ninety five or something? I have no idea. Yeah, that's what I use for mine. But I um, paddle sharpen mine. So ten ninety five. Uh, high speed uh, carbon steel, not high speed. Oh, okay. Um, did I cover everything? Oh, I got a new toolbox yesterday. 
And I'm I'm like on a toolbox buying frenzy because it just it just like makes life so it just makes my shop so easier to ship your tools once they're actually in a box. Yeah, too. that's what I was thinking. That's how I that's how I justified it. It's on wheels, um, yeah. So I bought a big one like probably five months ago, and uh, it really tidied things up. And I noticed that even with that being full, every flat surface in my shop is constantly has a pile of stuff on it. So I thought, well, I can reshuffle things, get a new box, and that should help tidy things up. And I, that's what I did yesterday. And uh, it's weird by putting, by adding more, <laughs> taking up more floor space, I feel like I added more floor space. I don't know how that works, um, but it, it feels way cleaner and tidier in there. So I'm happy about that. But then when I was moving the, the sander, I, I kicked my garbage can was in the way I kicked it over it domino affected like my old wood forge <laughs> tipped it over <laughs> fell right on the back of my truck that I just did all the body work uh you know painted everything it's like one of the few panels on my truck that is absolutely perfect and it dented it and ripped all the paint off of it so now I have another two days of work so it's, it's just uh, it's kind of been it's been a crazy one. Uh, I don't know. I think it might be nice uh, to. I mean, although I'm stressed out about like leaving, waking up at I don't know four o'clock tomorrow and sitting on an airplane all day. It might be good to just get away and and uh, you know try and get my mind off of everything. But if anybody's in the Sacramento area, I think we're in like Elk Grove or something like that, like the outskirts. But uh, hit me up. Maybe we can drink my stress away or together or something. <laughs> cool. Uh, what you got, Will? on your plate oh well uh yesterday i got the big ass walnut table glued together um and that was stressful but walnut walnut (laughs) sorry i'm uh, using my 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 adult words on the the podcast (laughs) this morning um no that was stressful because these things are heavy they're after flattening it ended up two and just a little over two and a half it's 45 inches at its widest point and it's seven feet long um so that was stressful just like the logistics of of moving right. things around and getting clamps under it and uh and it's so beefy like that there's no spring like so it doesn't matter how much clamping pressure you put on it like it was it was solid enough that it wasn't gonna like close up the gap so the the joint needed to be like absolutely perfect um and it, it ended up no, actually, I jointed it with, I jointed a board, an eight foot long board, so it was perfectly straight, and then clamped that to the edge of the slab, and then used my circular saw using that jointed board as a guide, and it actually worked. I, I really had like not high hopes for using a circular saw to joint a piece of wood, but it it worked. Um, so I did that. Did you run uh, that's one still and plane off the saw marks? It actually was super clean. I had a brand new, brand new blade on, Ooh, nice. uh, on the circular saw, and uh, but it did because it was so thick um, that the the blade, like I had just enough depth on the on the circular saw. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on one of them, it left like a 30 second of like a little lip that I had to go back. Uh, and I did actually plane that off um, because that was interfering. Um, and then I released the video, uh, knife case. Uh, and that's, that's doing... sexy, man. Ah, thank you. Thank you very much. That, that was a fun, that was a fun little build. That was like, I you know, I've, I've got a lot of, it's, it was just a, it was a simple case. Oh, I tried to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. But I tried to pay attention to like a lot of small details and Mm -hmm. book matched back panel and um, almost like a book matching, like the strips that hold the pegs. Like I, I kept them in sequence. So as I cut them, like match, they're not together. They're apart. Um, So they kind of mirror each other in the case uh, and used cope and stick bits and the router um, 
but that was a, it was just a really nice, like, I've got a lot of stress going on in my life that I don't want to talk about on the podcast, but, um, a nice, like it, everything just went well, it went swimmingly. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, that's All what right. I got going on. Do I have anything else in the, uh, what else do I? Wall art? Uh, wall art. Um, and then so yesterday after I got the table and clamps, I took like the rest of the day because my workbench was pretty much full and I couldn't move it because it was, you know, still the glue is still drying. Um, I've been, I had this idea kicking around in my head. It's sort of like a river instead of using a, a slab, ripping it down the middle and putting the two pieces opposing each other. I took uh, one half of one slab and then I uh, resawed it down the middle and I almost like book matched them, but then like on opposite ends. So they're like a mirror image opposite each other. Um, and then I did the joinery on that. So it's like actually like a, a tongue and groove sort of joinery. So it's, uh, and I, and I, and I uh, rabbited out the back mirrored glass panel and it's just a cool little piece of wall art little personal project i'm probably gonna put it up on instagram um to sell when i'm done but uh yeah i think that's all i got going on how about you james well um excuse me i just got back from a long trip so i spent uh three days down in georgia madison georgia at a midwest tool collectors association meet that is the peach meet which is the biggest tool sale in the south um hand tool sale and uh, I bought a lot of stuff, <laughs> but unfortunately, I couldn't ship it all back. I couldn't uh, take it back with me because uh, TSA uh, is not happy about you bringing a three-inch wide slick on the plane with you. <laughs> so I found it actually cheaper to mail it back to myself than it was to check it in the uh, plane. So I, I had fun with there. But if you want to see that, I actually have a video on my channel where I go through and show all the tools for sale outside as well as the tools for sale inside. And so if, if you're looking for buying hand tools that are hard to find at a decent price, uh, Midwest Tool Collectors and other clubs like that that sell around the, uh, the, the nation and around the world are the place to buy. I'm just, yeah, I, I probably purchased 60 to 70% of all my tools at uh, Midwest Tool Collectors Meet. Um, what else do I have going on? Um, oh, and then we we went on a small vacation. And so I've, I've been gone for like eight days straight and I just got back yesterday. <laughs> so it's been kind of fun. Uh, then I also, I put out a video on a uh, uh, Rubeau book stand. Um, and I, I, I think <laughs> I, I, I mis-explained things in the video because I had a lot of people then getting very mad at me about where it came from. But then every person who got mad at me gave me a different location that it came from. Um, <laughs> because I mean, the, if you, do you guys know what I'm talking about with the Rubo book stand? It's, mm -mm. it's one piece and the two halves of it hinge past each other. And so you're actually cutting a hinge out of a board and you're cutting the board into two pieces, but the two pieces are connected together and hinge past each other. Um, it's one of those, those skill building exercises with a chisel and resawing and a bunch of other things that it's, it's fascinating to do it. The first time you pop it apart, it's, it's one of those magical moments in woodworking. Um, but it's, it's an old, old design. And I said in the video, it was popularized by Andre Roubaix back in the 1600s. And then it was repopularized again by Roy Underhill um, in the Woodwright shop. And a lot of and people then have been Chris said, well, repopularized the 1600s. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, a lot of people then got mad at me saying, well, Andre Rubeau didn't copy it. Uh, it didn't come up with it. It's an older, I was like, yes, well, it's a, it's a wooden design that's um, over 3000 years old. So <laughs> it's, you know, there isn't much new in woodworking, um, but it, it's one of those, it, it is a, a project that was um, fairly common for, um, what's I'm looking for? Uh, assistance. Um, Apprentice, there's a the word. Apprentices. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was common for them to learn on because it, it required a lot of precise chisel work, a lot of precise resawing, and to do it right, um, it it takes a decent amount of skill. Uh, but the beginner can still do it and end up with a functional piece. So it was, it was good for someone to to, to play with. Uh, but it was a great video. It had a lot of a lot of good response. Oh, I totally forgot. I put out a video the other day too. <clears throat> it has ten views. Don't watch it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that stand was was seriously yeah. sweet. Thanks. It, uh, uh, it it's it's been a amazing addition to the shop and my workflow, and enables me to do things that I couldn't do without it. Which is uh, kind of the it. idea of a tool in general. Yeah. yeah. So, can you talk for a minute about um, why someone would want one of those as opposed to a bench mounted vice? Um, yeah. So the video is a post vice or like a blacksmith vice, leg vice. They have all sorts of different names. And instead of like your typical machinist vice, um, you know, when you think of a vice, I think most people probably think of the ones that you mount to a bench or a table and and has a little swiveling head. Uh, those things are great, and there's definitely some advantages to like the machinist or the bench vices. They they have a lot of gripping power since uh you know that the um it doesn't really have a fulcrum the jaws are parallel they move in a parallel fashion and it's like tightening a screw they have a ton of clamping power they're really good but they're typically not meant to be struck on hard um they're not they're not meant to be a forging vice um there are some definitely some like super heavy duty ones that have been made in the past that that suffice for that but typically uh you know the the post vice or the one that i have um you know it has instead of being mounted to a bench or a table it has an integral part of the vice it's a post that goes into you know the ground or the plate or the base whatever you build for it and it has a big jaw that instead of sliding out parallel it kind of pivots uh you know about two feet down from the jaws it'll open up really wide uh it still has a lot of clamping power the jaws are usually smooth so you know typically you're going to clamp hot metal in it and you don't want to leave impressions on it and then you can you know forge the metal as it's clamped in the jaw so uh there's a lot of operations and stuff that they're really critical they're really useful to do so um and with that post you know if you're swinging really hard on the jaw of it all that energy gets transmitted directly down uh into the floor instead of you know acting as like a lever on the the um i don't know what you'd call it, the screw section of like a machinist vice so it's just a heavy heavy duty vice that's meant to be beat on essentially yeah. i loved you showing the uh the reheating of the bottom to flatten it out yeah i can't believe that worked that was crazy so I mean, i've I done it in the it, past where i've where i've put a bead of weld on the other side of the plate to flatten it out but i've never thought of just heating it yeah i mean it's you're, you're pretty much replicating so when you heat metal it it shrinks um and that's why you get like cupping or warpage and i even went with five eighths five it's so hard to say this five eighths inch thick that's really hard to say plate <laughs> and uh thinking that it wouldn't warp because it was thick enough but it, it it did and i even you know spaced out my my welds and tried not to weld with a lot of heat and it's still cupped but yeah flipping it over with my oxycetylene torch i traced my entire weld weld pattern as best as I could, exactly the opposite on the back side, the opposite side of the weld. And so what happens is when you heat up metal, um, it expands. And then when it contracts, so when it expands, it, it expands. Imagine you have a flat sheet of steel. And if we'll say just with the torch or something, if you heat up the top side, what happens is it expands and then it contracts, but it contracts in three dimensions instead of two. So mm -hmm. you're taking something that was contained, machined flat, 
when you expand it, it actually expands. When you heat it up, it expands in three dimensions. Instead of just going outward, it actually expands up. And then when it contracts, it contracts in and up. So it actually pulls, you know, the the outer area up and cups it into the weld. So by flipping it over and kind of trying to create a similar heat pattern on the backside, the idea is that you do the exact opposite and kind of pull it back. And it it worked. I mean, it was you can see in the video is definitely very wobbly. And then I did that on the back and it sits very, very flat. Mm. So yeah, it was, I was pretty surprised that that worked. My buddy, uh, my, my kind of mentor Cliff Dufton told me about that. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, Will, we got a question for you in the, uh, the live chat. Um, Alec McCannon, McCannon, McMahon, McMahon, McMahon. I can butcher anyone's name. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question for you. Will. since you, since he hasn't finished his Rubo bench yet, and is working off the torsion box assembly table. Do you find your hand tool use to you find your hand tool use is actually limited? Uh, so that's a good question. Um, yes and no. Uh, first of all, my my top isn't a torsion box. It's just a laminated uh, plywood um, thick top. Um, so there's no actual torsion box in the middle. It's just stacked plywood um, with a with a hardboard top on it. Um, when I'm working. I position myself over uh, essentially one of the legs of the bench, um, so I get good uh, good energy transfer um, all the way down into the concrete slab. Uh, that being said, it is still oomsy, I want to say. Um, and I'm actually doing this podcast. I'm, my laptop is sitting on my Rubo top um, right now. Uh, so I've got that sitting on sawhorses uh, when I finally find time to like over a year um, since I started this thing. And then uh, just got kind of swamped with commissions and could never get back to the bench t- to actually like take up time in the shop to, to finish the thing. But I've got it sitting on sawhorses. Um, it is a workbench and I can come over here and work on it. Um, and I get that four inch thick, good, dense hardwood uh, handwork. Um, so I was watching you do... in, the, in the video and you were planing something in the, in the vice. And as you get to the far side of the board, it's no longer supported and the board would bend down. I was thinking, oh, yeah. I wish I had some dogs that would make it nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm with you on that, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I make do. I, I'm a big supporter of don't make excuses, make work. Um, so you know, a lot of people could say like, oh, I can't do that because I don't have blah. But I've seen some people do some pretty crazy stuff with yeah very limited tools. Um, but yeah, good question, Alec. Hey, we also got another question from uh, Tommy Huffington. Um, hey, Will, whatever happened to your forging log plate? I'm very popular today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I put the plate on the log. Uh, and then as soon as I did that, my neighbor had just dug up a piece of railroad uh, track and said, hey, like, well, do you want this thing? And so that's actually sitting on top of the plate on top of the log right now. Uh, <laughs> and, I've only, uh, and I've only used it to uh, get metal hot and pound it out just to see if it would work. Um, I made like a butter knife thing um, because I didn't put a bevel or anything on it yet. Um, but I just wanted to see if I could move metal with it. And uh, yeah, it works. Cool. Well, um, we are not judging any creators collective this time because last time we came up with it, uh, well, we, we ran out. Uh, so we're going to be setting up the next one, which will be for two weeks from today, and that will be negative space. Will, why don't you tell us what that is? Yeah, so using negative space, you're basically using uh, the empty space in an image, the thing that isn't the subject to uh, 
to actually make that the subject. So you see a lot in uh, logo design and graphic design, um, but there's some really cool examples of using it in photography. So, so yeah, so the challenge this week or this fortnight is uh, to use negative space in your photography uh, in your workshop or your work area, your, your maker space. Just due to the size of my shop, it's negative space when I'm in there. <laughs> Cool. So if you want to join in, um, take a picture, put it on Instagram with the hashtag creators photo challenge, and you will win something from one of the three of us if you are chosen. Um, and we do also the, we each pick two. And so there's usually several people we give shout outs to. So if you want to have your, your name mentioned on here, go ahead and throw on a picture on Instagram with hashtag creators photo challenge, and we will judge you in two weeks. <laughs> there we have a, a joke from the live chat, um, Jim, Jim Dockrell. Uh, he said, uh, dollars are pretty rare around me. In fact, uh, we call them Dollar Williams here because we're not familiar enough to call them Bill. Nice. That was <laughs> terrible. Uh, that was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> now we have another one from uh, Tony C. This was sent in a while ago. He had a, a yard with nothing but flat sawn oak. When I called to inquire getting some quarter sawn oak, they uh, quickly responded, uh, yeah, we've got lots of quarter sawn oak. The widths stink, but the thicknesses are phenomenal. Oh, that's a bad wood joke. And you, and you need to understand what quarter sawn oak is to get the joke. <laughs> yeah, actually be having a video on that uh, later today, actually, that'll be coming out. We'll be talking about quarter sawn, riff sawn, actually be talking about wood movement. Um, so what is wood oh, wow. movement? Why do birds explode? Did you ever see the, did you ever see the video I did on uh, explaining yeah. how to buy hardwood lumber? Yeah. Yeah, that one was really, really popular. So I'm that was a happy good that one. A lot of good information. That. I've had a whole bunch of questions lately, especially with um, the Samurai Carpenters video about what is wood movement? Uh, because people think that it's like this mysterious thing that wood just randomly moves. Well, it doesn't does it, randomly move. Does it, it has a pattern like, to it. Does it seem like so many things just get like concepts like get recirculated? Like there's like fad topics in woodworking. Like yep. Like it just goes and it's like this big circular thing where like this month everybody's concerned about wood movement again. And like come springtime, it's, you know, usually about how pocket holes will, you know, are the worst thing <laughs> in the world. And then like wintertime, it's like hone in on your dovetails. And then like it just it seems yeah. seems like there's like these circular topics and it's people are putting out like the same videos that they put out at the same time last year that cover the same topics. I just did a video well, on pocket like holes, um, a live video. And normally a live video for me, if it's good, there's like seven to eight hundred people who join live. Um, and, you know, my, my best yet was twelve hundred people. And I did a, the live video on pocket holes. And I had over 3,000 people live. Wow. Um, it's like people want to know about pocket holes. Everybody loves to hate to love them. Wow. So I got to say, Zach, I, I do think, you know, yeah. But I mean, it, it makes in the springtime as, you know, AC, you know, as heat can turn to AC, your HVAC system, uh, you know, different temperatures, moisture content in the air, you know, like really? as things start to kind of explode. <laughs> no, as things start to move um, at a table. Um, Did you hear about the, there was a big pocket hole explosion in, in Russia last week. Oh, really? Yeah, just outside Chernobyl. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Not to be taken lightly. No, so I actually had to revisit a table um, that I delivered to a client um, where the breadboards did their job to keep the tabletop flat, but the 
the main part of the table, not that breadboard ends, but just the main part of the table had, had shrunk a little bit, uh, the, the, you know, relative humidity in her home versus my shop. Um, and so it left the breadboard ends proud a little bit and they were like catching people's jackets and stuff. Um, so I've got to go revisit that and, and, you know, flatten that out. Wood movement is very real. Just trim off yeah, about is. just trim off about three inches off the bottom of everybody's jackets would be fine. <laughs> uh, I love that. Nice. Uh, well, let's get into uh, what's inspiring us. What are we watching, reading? Uh, Will, what you got? Uh, yes, I think I've mentioned this one before, but um, I am rereading Mike Pekovich's "The Why and How of Woodworking." Uh, it's just a really beautiful book. It's it's. I mean, Pekovich a lot on the show, but uh, he's just, he really curates everything really well. His Instagram feed, his books are just absolutely gorgeous. And he talks about um, kind of the mindset of being in the work, some good tips on uh, on kind of getting your mind off of things, like cleaning up the shop, having a clean workspace, and, and then remembering why you're in the shop. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm reading, the, the why and how of, of woodworking. Good book. Cool. Um well, I have to give a shout out to uh, Yuri Tuchman. Tuchman, yes, um, phenomenal accent, um, and I'm working on doing a collab with him here soon. But he uh, he did a video recently making an astrolabe. Uh, but he is um, he does a lot of engraving, a lot of brass work, a lot of uh, uh, benchtop steel work, and very little, if any, hand tool, if any, power tools. Um, he actually set up a scroll saw to scroll saw his brass. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of cool, and I want to I want to experiment with them. But uh, phenomenal videos, and uh, anytime he pops one up, I, I watch it almost instantly. It's, it's the top of my list, so definitely one worth taking a look at. What about you, Zach? What book are you reading? Um, you know, Trulia has been what I've been, sp- or, or Zillow, I think, is actually what I've been spending the most <laughs> time on lately. It's uh, yeah, it's it's nerve wracking. It's like, but uh, that and uh, you know, just thumbing through, uh, taking a break from the informative reading and thumbing through another Stephen King short stories books for some reason hearing about you know people by devil possessed monsters seems to get my mind off of other things so it's nice cool. little, nice little way to break things up well do you have a product of the week or something you like using mm, I, you know I'm gonna go with a, I'm gonna go with toolbox like just shop sh- organize your shop tidy it up buy a toolbox put stuff in it good wisdom buy a big one buy two big ones buy as many <laughs> toolboxes as you can fit on the perimeter of your shop and stuff and full of stuff it's exciting ah oh, fun now, have you ever heard um uh oh come on what's his name mythbuster um adam savage adam savage's view on drawers uh-uh. he hates them probably yeah mm-hmm. drawers yep. are where tools go to die yeah not for me especially used, the backs of drawers so I, I used to i was a mechanic years and years ago i worked for ford and it's funny how things have changed because this was like probably i'm guessing like 2003 2004 when i was doing this and pretty much the only toolboxes that were reasonable like you had to buy like a mac toolbox or like a snap on i had like a, a mac toolbox and it was like three thousand dollars and they still are like the all the mac and snap-on boxes are just absurdly expensive and it it was like at the time it was like a rite of passage like you people other mechanics laugh at you if you didn't have like you know if you weren't making three hundred dollar payments on the toolbox at the time uh granted they were built really nice i mean i could pull out the bottom drawer and stand in it 
which is looks cool, but it's when are you ever going to need to do that and can't even put that much weight in a drawer. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I sold that a while ago and I'm like, God, I can't believe I, I just get mine. This sounds like a pitch. It's not like I, I just happen to buy mine from Home Depot, but I would just as happily buy it from Lowe's unless one of them wants to pay me to say I like one better. I don't really care. But, um, <laughs> you know, like I bought a really nice one for 600 bucks and then the one I bought yesterday was $400 and it has drawers and they open and close and you can put stuff in them and i don't have to make payments on it so like it's it's weird and it's funny you still see like you get get on your craigslist and look up like snap-on and mac toolboxes and people still they're trying to sell them for like a used one for like two three thousand dollars it's like you can just drive to home mm-hmm. depot and buy one that's yeah you know it, it's the function functionality wise it's going to serve the exact same purpose unless you unless all your tools are made out of like lead so it's kind of weird and now lowe's is pushing craftsman pretty hard yeah you know i sent an email to craftsman a while ago and uh yeah it didn't go over well (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like hey like i you know like you guys are really hitting the woodworking market hard and it's like hey i i uh you know do a ton of fabrication work i'm restoring an old truck i use i use every i mean i everything you make i will use in my videos and like oh cool well we'll let you know if we're interested i'm like do you want my email or anything like oh yeah you should probably i'm like i didn't even (laughs) (laughs) i don't need you craftsman cool well will what you uh what's your product of the week uh my product of the week is uh cbn wheels um i just Mm. upgraded my grinder to cbn wheels and i got them from uh wood turners wonders and I actually called and talked to the, the proprietor uh, um, because I wanted to get his take on which wheels he thinks I should have on my grinder. And so I ended up with the 180 grit four in one and the 50 grit mega square uh, CBN wheels. And they mega are square. mega square and they're fantastic. I love them. Like if 